BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. Today's guest is Taylor Rose, who is a trichologist. And the reason I wanted to have her on the podcast was because I was having so many conversations with you guys about hair growth on DMs. It's a very popular question that comes up. I love talking about all things hair. And Diana Cohen, who's the founder of Crown Affairs, she came on the podcast and you guys really liked that episode. And so I wanted to bring you guys another hair expert to talk all things hair growth, myths around what products you should be using or shouldn't be using. So this episode is literally all hair. Hair. So I actually found Taylor on TikTok and she was on hair growth TikTok, which I personally am obsessed with. I love hearing about people's recommendations for products, like what their hair looks like before and after. And the minute she walked into the studio, I was so blown away by how luscious and just gorgeous her hair was. And her journey is really interesting because she actually like worked for that hair. You know, it's not something she was born with. She was actually struggling with her own hair issues, which led her into becoming a trichologist. So it's a super, super interesting episode if you are interested in improving your hair health, which let's be real, all of us are. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to bring you this week's review, which comes to us from Jamie Cantone. And they say, Sif, you have educated me so much on all topics, health and career development. You have actually inspired me to make my own podcast. Thank you so much. P.S. I would love to hear more episodes like this one with Angelo, where an expert really dives in on one specific type of supplement. I learned so much. Thank you so much for leaving this review, Jamie. I'm so glad you're starting your own podcast. That makes my day. And this is really good feedback. I will definitely have another expert come on and we'll do a deep dive into another ingredient. The episode that Jamie is referring to, by the way, is the one with Angela Keeley. We talk all about amino acids, which is a really, really interesting topic. Anyway, with that, let's welcome Taylor Rose to the Dream Bigger podcast. Rosemary oil, okay? Yay! <laughs> it's trending. I've yes. heard you talk about it. 
are you obsessed with it? Should everyone be using it? Like, what's what's the vibe? What is it good for? Tell me everything, everything about rosemary, rosemary oil. Yes. Okay. So first question. Yes, I am absolutely obsessed with it. I feel like you can very much tell that from my content. Yeah. Um, and that is because for me, it's what's worked the best. Mm-hmm. As well as every time I post about it, I get, you know, hundreds of DMs that are like, this literally changed my life. Or, really? Yes. So I like, I know there's like the social proof is there. So I know it works. Of course, it's going to depend on why you're losing hair. You know, if you're losing hair because you're B12 deficient, Rosemary's not going to just miraculously yeah. Yeah, grow your hair back. So I would say most people should be using it just because it's really good at like balancing your scalp and, you know, kickstarting extra hair growth. Even if you're not losing hair, mm-hmm. it's going to help fill in your hair, densify. So do you prefer that over like, you know, like when brands have like mixed oils? Yeah, I would say yes, just because there's so many of those on the market and there's uh-huh. so many filler ingredients in there in most of them yeah. that I just think it's better to mix a pure rosemary oil with like a pure pumpkin seed oil. Just cut right to the chase of what you need. No fillers, no extra anything. What does pumpkin seed oil do? So pumpkin seed oil is a carrier oil. Uh-huh. So you dilute your rosemary oil with that. So it's not too harsh for your scalp. Oh, mm-hmm. so if you are using rosemary oil, you shouldn't just straight up be using it? Never. You should always dilute it. It's it's usually about five drops of rosemary to a teaspoon of any carrier oil, which would be like pumpkin seed oil, castor oil, argan oil, coconut oil, those types of things. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then what about rosemary water? Because that's the other thing that I'm constantly seeing. Like, do you, right. like you boil the rosemary and then what you like filter it out and like, yeah. what do you do? What's, what's like, and do you like it? No, exactly that. Like it? Exactly okay. that. I personally like the oil better just because there is the scientific research on that topic. Mm-hmm. And there's not much that has come out on rosemary water, but I have, again, had the social proof from so many of my followers saying it works great for them. I did use it with the oil when I was first going through my hair loss journey. And Wait, you, know, you had a hair loss journey? I did. I did. So this is where my whole thing started was me fixing my own hair loss. And everyone was like, okay, what did you do? Tell me the deeds. And then people started asking me, this is kind of how I got into trichology. They were like, well, what about this issue? Or what about this issue? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. All I know is like how I fixed my own hair loss issue, uh-huh. you know, in 2020 during COVID. And so that's what kind of led me to become a trichologist so I could help all these other people who are having all these other issues. So wait, tell me what happened in 2020. Like yeah. you started losing your hair all of a sudden? Yes. Or? So my hair loss is typically stress related. Yeah. So it does kind of come and go. If I'm going through like a really high stress period, like this whole temple chunk will fall out like will literally drop from my scalp. So I feel like for me, it's kind of like a continuing journey. Like I always have to monitor it. I always have to like monitor my stress levels, be on top of my hair game. And if I slack or if I'm going through, you know, if I, I I lost my aunt earlier this year, it's okay. And that was, you know, a reaction that came and it's just like, I just constantly have to be monitoring it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what happened? Like when you started losing your hair, like what did you start doing? Like tell me your whole journey in terms of like what you started to do that you were like, oh my God, this is insane. Like I need to share it with everyone. Yeah. So it's hilarious because I did exactly what I now would tell people not to do, which is I went through TikTok and I tried everything all at once. (laughs) So it was it was kind of a game of like, let's just do everything and see if anything works. And Of course, at first that made my hair loss worse because Mm -hmm. I'm throwing so much at my poor scalp and hair that I got dried out, more was falling out, I was panicking. And at the end of the day, I was just 
complete breakdown. I mean, this was in quarantine. So Mm -hmm. I'm like home alone with my thoughts, seeing my hair, looking at it all day in the mirror. And, you know, hair loss can be very emotional for a lot of people. Yeah. So I was definitely going through the emotional side of hair loss, too. Uh And so I ended up cutting everything out except for rosemary oil and rosemary water because that's what I had seen the most on TikTok. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just going to do this, you know, a couple months, see if it works. If not, a couple months, you know, I'm in I'm in quarantine at this yeah. point. So I'm like, doesn't matter if it doesn't work. We'll move to something else. Like nobody's seeing me. And honestly, I just kind of put it into my routine and forgot about it. And all of a sudden one day I'm like getting compliments on my hair. My boyfriend's like, oh, your hair looks, my ex-boyfriend's like, oh, your hair looks, you know, so much thicker these days. And I'm like wearing it up in ponytails and not stressing about covering it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's working. This is what's wow. working finally. And yeah, I started posting about it and doing pictures, like updates every month. And you could literally see it getting thicker and thicker and thicker. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this is like this like really works. Rosemary oil totally changed my life personally. So I will like stand behind it for the rest of my life. (laughs) Okay, so then let's go a little bit deeper. Like right now, tell me about your pre-wash routine. Like you have your rosemary oil. What Mm -hmm. else are you doing? Like, are you putting it literally all throughout your like strands? Like, is it just your roots? Like, what are you doing for your strands? Like, just give me everything. Everything. Okay, so... I will say like depending on the week and how many products I'm testing out because I do do collabs, but I will never collaborate with any brand that I haven't personally tried out. So I do try a lot of things out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like a normal routine that people have week to week. But when I'm not testing out new products, yes, I will do usually a rosemary oil mixed with a pumpkin seed oil, massage it into my scalp just enough to cover the scalp. So it's not looking like crazy oily. Like sometimes I see people on TikTok just totally overdo it. And then they're having problems washing it out. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, it should be just enough to get some oil on your scalp. Mm-hmm. And then I'll usually do like a lighter weight oil on mm-hmm. my ends, like a Moroccan oil or a jojoba oil. Why? Just because it coats your ends is just a nice shine. And it it protects it from the shampoo as well, the harsh shampoo coming down. Because huh. your ends don't really need the shampoo. It's really your scalp you're trying to cleanse, right? Got it, okay. Yeah. So I will do that. Let it sit for three hours. That's all I do. Do you do a hair mask? In the shower, yes. In the showers, not before. Not before. Why? Because the rosemary oil, that is my hair mask. Got it. So that's my before. That's my full before routine. Okay. Then I'll shower, Uh you know, do my double cleanse, shampoo as usual. Then I'll do my hair mask in the shower. Let it sit on my hair 10 minutes. You know, maybe I'm shaving my legs or maybe I'm out of the shower doing something, skincare, a mask. And then back in, wash it out, then conditioner. Are you a fan of doing the hair mask before the shower or like mostly in the shower? Mostly in the shower, honestly. Yeah, because most of them say to do it on damp hair. Uh So unless it's specifically, you know, like some I know some of the bond building ones will be a before. Mm -hmm. It just depends what it says. You need to like follow the instructions on the specific mask because they're all different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. so then you you double wash your hair. Mm -hmm. You you do your hair mask. Are you using a conditioner? on top of the hair mask or no yes okay so tell me like the sequence of events like first you wash then you do hair mask and then you do conditioner exactly why because the hair mask is what's hydrating your hair Got so it. you want that before the conditioner because a lot of conditioners will have stuff like sulfates things that are like coating your hair to protect them from the outside elements but if you do that before the hair mask it's coating your hair and that hair mask can't get in there to hydrate Got it. Okay. Yeah. And for all the men out there, like people who use like, you know, the two yeah. in ones, like the yes. shampoo and conditioner. Yes. Like, is this the science behind maybe why you shouldn't yes. be? Okay. See, <laughs> exactly, I was like, because it's w- going on your scalp. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this doesn't like even when I was younger. Right. Yeah. 
and I just like obviously like I was not born TikTok age right yeah. but like I remember <laughs> when I was even in like middle school and there'd be like these two and ones and I was like something about this doesn't add up the math ain't math the math you know? ain't math <laughs> like, yeah it's so true <laughs> how is it conditioning your hair but it's also washing it it doesn't right like exactly it's it's two totally different things they should not be combined in my okay, opinion so you guys if you're out here <laughs> still using the two and ones throw it away it's done it's time is over, it's over. <laughs> as the founder of a supplement company myself i am incredibly incredibly picky about what kind of supplements i am ingesting and i have been absolutely obsessed with the just thrive probiotics so I discovered it a few months ago, actually at Dear Media IRL, and I loved the product so much that I've been using it every single day, essentially, to make sure that my gut health is in tip-top condition. So why I love the probiotic from Just Thrive is because it's a spore-based probiotic, and essentially the strain that they use, it helps populate your gut like a garden, essentially. And it really is the most advanced science when it comes to probiotics. I actually had Tina Anderson, who is the co-founder of the brand on the podcast as well to talk all things probiotics. And it is just an incredibly, incredibly important episode. So the problem here is that 80 to 90 percent of Americans suffer from gut issues of some sort, whether it be gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation and indigestion, heartburn, acid reflux. And according to research, 99.9% of the probiotics on the market die in your natural harsh stomach acid before they even get to where they are needed, even the refrigerated ones. So how can a probiotic survive our 98 degree bodies if they can't even withstand room temperature? The thing is that the Just Thrive probiotics are really high quality because their proprietary strains have been third-party clinically tested and proven to arrive 100% alive in your gut. It's the only brand with the patented strain HU36TM, which produces antioxidants in the gut. It's proven in clinical trials to start to address leaky gut in just 30 days. There's so many more benefits here that I can go on and on about, but... If you want to really do a deep dive into probiotics, I highly suggest you go listen to that episode that I did with Tina, who's the co-founder. And Just Thrive has an offer for you. If you're ready to take control of your constipation, bloat, and stress and live your healthiest life yet, you can get 20% off your first 90-day bottle of Just Calm, which is their stress probiotic blend and Just Thrive Probiotic today. You can visit justthrivehealth.com and use promo code DREAMBIGGER. While you're there, check out all of their other clinically backed products. Take control today with Just Thrive. Hi guys, my name is Sarah Nicole and I am the host of the Papaya Podcast, where each week we dish out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom all through candid conversations in a very real and tangible way. I want everyone to know that they're not alone and that we share in these experiences called life. And sometimes when we get to know somebody else's story, it changes ours a little bit as well. So I want you to tune in with us on Mondays, subscribe, rate and review it and keep these conversations going with us. You can tune in behind the scenes at the Papaya Podcast and the birds papaya on Instagram as well. Can't wait to see you next week. Okay, so what about after you finish in the shower? Like, what are you doing immediately afterwards to your hair? Like, what products are you using? Do you have any favorites? So again, depends on the day, depends on the week. I would say if it's closer to when I just got my hair dyed, because I do bleach my hair, mm -hmm. I will be doing... I'll actually be skipping my conditioner in the shower and I'll be doing a K-18, like mm -hmm. a bond building. 
outside of the shower. If not, then I will go right into, let's see, lately I've been really liking, I do like leave-in conditioners on my ends, mm-hmm. just, you know, get that extra hydration. I do a little bit of, I want to say it's the not your mother's. It's like a volumizing mousse. Okay. So I'll do that just to style my hair. And then I'll do, I've been using the Purology Color Fanatic heat protectant Okay. before I style. And then talk to me about the process of blow drying. Okay. And I want to talk about regular blow dryer. And then I want to talk about the Dyson Airwrap. Okay. Because okay. I have the Dyson Airwrap and oh, love it. I'm obsessed with I'm it. I'm obsessed with it. But <laughs> like, are you supposed to blow dry your hair right after you get out of the shower? Do you let it like sit for a while? Like what? Like, what do you do? So it really depends on what you're doing in your day. Because so the science behind it is just that your hair is in its weakest state when it's wet. Okay. So if you're about to go out in the wind, you know, get your hair all blown around, tangled, or if you're about to go to sleep, lay down, and you're causing friction and damage, then yes, I would say blow dry it right away just to get it dry, get those bonds rebuilt so that it can be stronger when it's withstanding these, you know, things such as like friction on the pillowcase. Mm -hmm. But if you're just at home hanging out, I usually like to let my air dry 80% of the way so that it's, you know, it's rebuilding those bonds on its own. It's getting stronger before I apply heat to it. Even, and does that include the Dyson as well? Or like, is it really? Yeah. I mean, it's still heat. Like, yes, it's less heat. And yes, it's designed in a way to cause less damage. Yeah. Less being the key word. It's not causing no damage. So you still want your hair as strong as possible before you're applying any heat to it. Okay. So this is what you're saying is super interesting because for me, I'm really lazy with my hair. Okay. Like I, like I have, like, how do I knock? Like I want to knock on something wood. Okay. <laughs> I have pretty good hair. I take good you have care gorgeous of it. Hair, yeah. Thank you. But I hate styling my hair. That's what yeah. I mean by I'm lazy with it. Like up until two years ago, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even blow dry it because I was like, I just can't be bothered. Like, this yeah. is, it sucks. But now, obviously, I'm like, my hair is like a little bit longer because I had it really short for a long time. Like, mm. okay, I have to apply some heat to like get the frizz out and all of that. Yeah. But I just like what I normally do is because I'm lazy. I'd like let it air dry for like pretty much almost the whole time. And yeah. then I like run the blow dryer through it right at the end. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, okay, like maybe I should be blow drying it before in order to like get the more styled look. But what I was doing is mm-hmm. actually the right way to do it, which is like, let it. Yeah. Okay. If you're able to, if you're just hanging out at home. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to continue going back <laughs> to my low maintenance. Cause yeah. otherwise my God, when you're blow drying, like sopping wet hair, it I feel like so long and I, it's so bad for it. It's a workout. Yeah. Like I'm like, <laughs> I don't need to go to the gym today. Like yeah. no need for any bicep workout it's like so it's, true. it's done like <laughs> to like take breaks <laughs> truly so how often do you recommend people wash their hair is it like you know because people say mm-hmm. once a week you want to train your hair again I'm lazy I do it once a week but what are your recommendations it's very dependent on your scalp type okay and your hair type honestly mm-hmm. but I would say scalp type is the most important so if you have an oily scalp there's no training that out you know if you have like a really naturally oily scalp you need to be showering every day, if not every other day, because one of the biggest things with hair growth is having a clean, healthy, you know, balanced scalp. Mm -hmm. So you want to be removing that oil and giving your chance a hair to or your hair a chance to breathe and grow. Mm -hmm. If you have a drier scalp, yeah, once a week is fine. Okay. Twice a week is a good like happy medium. That's what I do. That's what, you know, a lot of people I would say could get away with. And then do you typically... Like, are you usually doing like the Dyson or are, like, do you also do like these heatless things? Yes. So I 
I kind of go back and forth. I love the Dyson. I love how it makes my hair look. Mm -hmm. So I will typically do that maybe once a week, like on a Friday, let's say. So my hair is good Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like whole weekends looking nice and Dyson air wrapped. (laughs) And then on Monday when I shower again, I'll do a heatless curl just to give my hair a break. Yeah. What are your thoughts around collagen and hair growth? Like, do you feel like from a scientific Mm -hmm. standpoint? I need to look more into it, Mm -hmm. but I think maybe getting it through your food source would be the best thing you could do for your hair. So then in that case, like that kind of brings me to the nutrition behind hair growth. Like, are there certain things that we can consume that help with hair growth and other things that kind of like slow it down? Totally. Yeah. So nutrition is huge with Uh hair growth. Getting enough protein, I would say, is one of the best things you can do for your hair, as well as drinking enough water, because that's hydrating your hair from the inside. As far as things that are really bad for your hair, you know, you got sugar, you got alcohol. Wait, why? Smoking cigarettes. Uh It's inflammation. It's all things that are inflammatory, not only to the gut, but to the hair. Got it. Because everything that travels, you know, in the gut, it's also affecting your hair. Does caffeine have any impact on hair growth at all? Yes. So over-consuming caffeine, not good for your hair, but... I mean, a typical like one or two cup of coffee a day, totally fine. What's interesting is, and tell me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. I've seen caffeine as an ingredient for hair growth mm. serums. Why is that? Yes. So caffeine topically has the reverse. It's great for hair growth. It stimulates interesting hair follicle. Yeah. So then can you theoretically use like, like a coffee scrub on the scalp or is that not something you'd recommend? I mean, yes, you can. But because a scrub, like the nature of a scrub is to be washed right off. Yeah. Whereas like a topical that's staying on your scalp for anywhere from three hours to longer, you know, that's going to do a lot more for you than just something you're doing really quick and washing off. Are you a fan of scalp serums? Like I know like there's so many. Okay. What are, do you have any favorites that you can name off the top of your head? I really liked the Vega More Grow. That's Uh one that has rosemary in it. It's it's one of those that I just felt like it was really nice and hydrating for my scalp. And do you do that before, like, like after you shower or like, is it an everyday thing? Yeah. So the, the Vega More Grow is really light weight in it it's a leave-in actually so you okay. just do it after you shower and you leave it in i'm trying to think Miele is another one that's one with rosemary oil one of those where of course it does have some like filler ingredients that i'm not a huge fan of but that was the first thing that i started with mm-hmm. as far as rosemary oil goes because it's cheap it was like ten dollars at target you know it's available at the drugstores i'm like oh i'm just gonna try it out and that was my first like experience with rosemary oil So I'll forever love that one. (laughs) What are filler ingredients that people should be looking out for when they're shopping for like oils and hair products? Uh, It really depends. I mean, if there's, I think a lot of the time, if there's more than like 10 ingredients, it's kind of a tell like, okay, what are all these things in this little tiny bottle of oil? Mm -hmm. Just doing your own research on ingredients. But things that I don't love are like fragrance. Like, why do you need a fragrance in a, you know, in an oil and Mm -hmm. The term fragrance is just a blanket term. Like you have no idea what's in that. It could be so many things. So I just don't love to see that. What about like, are you a fan of then like hair perfumes? Like if it's like a clean hair perfume or no? Or Um, indifferent? I haven't seen a clean hair perfume out there. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But granted, I haven't like delved into that too deeply. So I can't really say if I am or I'm not. Would you say like if someone puts like their actual perfume in their hair, is that bad for them? That's a great question. Probably just because most perfumes have like alcohol Alcohol. in it. Yeah. So it's pretty drying. I mean, I don't know how much you're like putting in your hair. If it's It's just like like a throwing in the hole away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people were actually very interested in me chatting with you about dandruff. So Mm. 
if someone does have dandruff, what can they do? Because let me tell you, my husband's out here using Salsen Blue and I do not like I've I would, never even heard of that. Have you not? No. OK, I'm going to show you after the podcast interview, okay. but I'm like, this smells like this smells going to make me choke and die. Like, really? Yeah. Like it's huh. so chemical, like oh. like like so severely. I'm like, is there anything else? So apparently yeah. other people have dandruff, too. So what can people do? Yeah. So it's it does, again, come down to like the cause of the dandruff because mm-hmm. it could be an internal thing or it could be dry scalp or it actually could be an oily scalp because dandruff can be caused from overproduction of oil as well. Interesting. Or it could be a imbalance in the you know microbiome that's coming from like a yeast or something. Like it just depends on the cause. I would say one of my favorite ingredients that I've just seen work personally is zinc parathione. So that's a good one to look out for in shampoos. Like you, buy something with that, yeah, you would say? A shampoo with zinc parathione and using that like twice a week, every week. Okay. Yeah. And would that help both a dry and a, an oily scalp? Or like is the protocol different depending on like the kind of scalp that you have? Yeah, I would say it's more for like a dry scalp. Oily scalp dandruff, honestly, the best thing you can do is just get a gentle shampoo, like a really natural gentle shampoo and shampoo every day. Got it. Just to keep that oil production at bay. And do you like have you seen people have like dandruff or like scalp reactions based on the quality of water as well? Because like, you know, there's like shower heads mm. and stuff that filter out like, I guess, like harsh yeah. things within the water or like indifferent. Yeah, I haven't seen it personally, but uh-huh. I would think that, yeah, like hard water could definitely do that. Yeah. yeah, because I know that the quality of water is so different wherever you go. And like, I mm-hmm. feel it in my own hair where like, I'm not prone to dandruff per se, but like, yeah. I'll just feel like my hair literally feels like rougher, yeah. like, you know, like, like hard, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have a shower filter and I've had one for a long time. So well, yeah. I get it. But it's yeah, I, I think I went through that in college a little bit, just feeling like lifeless and dull and heavy. Yeah. yeah. So I like, I don't know. I think like water filters for the shower, like for me personally, like I really like having one. And yeah. so I'm just like, like I was really curious as to whether you'd seen anything or not. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about wearing your hair up because as you can see today and literally <laughs> most days of the week, I have my hair up Mm -hmm. do you have any rules for number one how often number two like the type of elastic band like what do you recommend so my recommendation would be no more than once a week as far as like the tight model bun you can wear it up in different you know like a bun or a braid or different styles as long as you're changing those styles around like I know there's people that'll wear their hair in a ponytail the exact same spot every single day, all day. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to cause this traction alopecia, not only of the temples, but also the tight elastic on the same exact spot in your hair can break your hair off right there. Okay, I have to change the way that I'm doing things, (laughs) I feel like, because this is like my go to just because, again, like I... Like, I don't wash my hair more than once a week because I'm lazy. And so, like, (laughs) when day four or five, I would say five comes around for the last two days, like, this this is it. it. So, I mean, even just moving it an inch up, an inch down. Really? Yeah. Okay. Just little changes help a lot. Okay. So, I'm not horrible then. Not horrible. Sometimes it's, like, up. (laughs) Sometimes it's down. Okay. I'll play around. Yeah. What about when someone is going to bed? Like, what Mm -hmm. do you, like, Mm -hmm. how should someone be sleeping? Because now that my hair is as long as it is. I just like kind of like 
like put it up with like very loosely with like a silk elastic band yeah so that it's like kind of towards the top of my head but not tight you know yes. but like it's like what is the right way to do things that's perfect any kind of like protective style with a silk band like I really like a really loose low braid mm-hmm. with a silk elastic and then you can also use a silk cap mm-hmm. on top of that and a silk ki- pillowcase which is also good for your facial skin why so like, like, sleeping on silk is just amazing but why hair. like what's the science behind it because I just know cotton can be like very rough on the hair. So like you're tossing and turning, it's causing friction, you know, it's damaging your hair and, you know, hair growth does come from the scalp, but length retention is also a big part of growing your hair out. So you want to be protecting your ends while you sleep because that's when a lot of damage happens and silk is just so much softer on the hair. Fall is here and it is my personal favorite season when it comes to both the weather and the fashion. And Of course, fall means that I am switching up my style, but not compromising on comfort. So I am all about walking everywhere. You guys know this. I'm a huge proponent of just making sure that you're getting your steps in throughout the day. So I have to make sure that my shoes are comfortable, functional, and go with all my outfits. Vionic has the best curated styles to get you ready for fall without compromising on comfort. My personal go-to style right now is the LED loafer. It has this like really cute gold hardware on it, the loafer does, and it's just like such a pop and it's very, very chic. So Vionic's exclusive Viomotion technology is what sets them apart. They began by revolutionizing medical orthotics, and today they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day long. They even offer a 30-day guarantee so you can wear your shoes, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. It's really, really easy. It's very risk-free. And from my personal experience, I don't think you would ever end up returning them because they're like little pillows for your feet. They're so, so comfortable. So Vionic has an offer for you guys. You're going to use the code DREAMBIGGER15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.bionicshoes.com. When you log into your account, it's a one-time use only code, but it will not disappoint. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. If you could build out like an ideal routine for someone, what mm-hmm. would you say it is? Like, what would you have them be doing, like, you know, like when they're sleeping, like all of that? Like just a bedtime routine? But, like bedtime. Also, like how, I guess, like when they're washing their hair, like mm-hmm. should they be going to bed with wet hair? Like, no. No. Okay. okay so no, <laughs> no it, it's hard to build someone a routine unless I know the person because, you know, again, people have so many different hair types, scalp mm-hmm. types, lifestyle factors that are going into it. So It's hard to do it without knowing who I'm building it for, Mm -hmm. but there are like general things you can do for, especially for length retention. Okay. So I would recommend most people doing the rosemary mask before you shower at least twice a week, Mm -hmm. three times max. Before bed, doing just like a lightweight oil on your ends, putting it in a protective style, sleeping on silk. I really like a silk bonnet, but some people, you know, it falls off their head. So they like a silk pillowcase better. Totally fine. As long as your hair is in a protective style. Yeah, washing your hair according to your scalp type. So oily scalps more often, dry scalps less often, but you're still washing at least once a week. How often are you brushing your hair? Is it every day? Yeah, I brush my hair twice a day. So once in the morning, right when I wake up and once when I go to bed. And is that good for you? Is that like mm-hmm. it helps distribute the oils, I'm guessing? Or like what yeah, does it do? Yeah, so like brushing your scalp especially is great for your scalp. But brushing your hair, of course, 
causes damage. So you want to kind of, I do like, I have a scalp massager and I'll do that just through, just through my scalp, like not through my ends. Uh-huh. So like the brushing of the ends, I only do twice a day. I do it really slow. I start from the bottom, go up, you know, I'm not causing as little damage as I can. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I got a scalp massager pretty recently and I'm yeah. obsessed with it. I'm like, how did I go my whole life without this thing? It's Life like changing. It's, oh my <laughs> God. I'm like, this is like a built in head massage yeah. every day. Like oh, it's, it's the so best. nice. It's so nice. I usually use it on days that I'm like putting my oil, which was yeah. yesterday. And oh my God, I was like, it's, this is so relaxing. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like relaxing too. <laughs> it's the best. Okay. So I want to move on to audience questions because we actually got a whole lot of them. Okay. So the first one is, is combing wet hair bad? Technically, yes. I know a lot of people have to do it, especially curly girls. So my advice would be to use a wet brush or a wide tooth comb, a really gentle, you know, way of doing it. Start from the bottoms, go up, go as slow as you can you know, maybe do it with conditioner in your hair. So you're like avoiding some of that breakage as well. If someone doesn't have curly hair and say like they don't absolutely need to wash their hair, Mm -hmm. then sorry, brush their hair after washing, would you recommend they let it dry for a little bit before? Really? Again, because going back to your hair is in its weakest state when it's wet. Uh So brushing causes damage, you know, so you're doing that while it's wet too. You're stretching, you're breaking. It's just, if you can avoid it, you should. Okay, on that note, actually, while we're talking about wet hair, I've seen a lot of people say that you should be using a microfiber towel versus a regular towel for your hair. Is that true or does it really not make that big a difference? Yeah, it's true. It's just like the cotton pillowcases. Cotton towels are harsh on your hair, especially because a lot of people are, you know, roughing their hair up, whereas a microfiber towel, it dries it a lot quicker, which, Mm -hmm. again, when your hair dries, it gets stronger. Mm -hmm. So it's drying it quicker. It's, you know, put it in, flip it up. You can let it sit there while you do your makeup. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot gentler on your hair. Okay, so I should probably buy a microfiber towel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so what can someone do if they lose a ton of weight and experience hair loss? Mm, that's a great question. So losing hair after losing weight, it's like a stress reaction. So your hair is falling out because of this huge change in your body, mm-hmm. right? It's the same thing as if you got in a car accident or a relative died. It's it's a stressor. Mm-hmm. So typically stress-related hair loss, your hair will start falling after about three months. So you lose all this weight. About three months later, you can expect to lose some hair, mm-hmm. which is why post-pregnancy, you know, you have your baby three months later, you suddenly are losing hair. It's mm-hmm. a stress around the body. So you you start losing your hair three months later. Is there anything you can even do like preventatively? Yeah. I mean, just things like the rosemary oil would be a great one just mm-hmm. to keep stimulating that new hair growth. Yeah. While the old hair is going to fall out. It is going to fall out. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Mm-hmm. But you can start these measures like rosemary oil, you know, hair masks to keep your length retention, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, with stress-related hair loss, it's just being patient because it is going to grow back. Okay. It's just it falls out three months after, and then typically around six months, you see it start coming back. Have you seen like specifically, even if there's fluctuations with hormones, like where people start losing their hair? Oh yeah. Hormones are huge, huge factor. That's why like menopausal women will be losing their hair. Mm -hmm. You know, hormones are a big reason for hair loss. And then if someone does experience something like this, do you recommend Mm -hmm. that they go speak to like, like a hormonal specialist or like what's, what's their like, I guess like what's their, like what's the next step like Mm -hmm. that that they should take. So of course, being me, my first step would be go see a trichologist just Mm -hmm. because we do specialize in hair loss. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's something that's more of a hormonal issue or whatever the issue is, we can determine what that underlying issue is and send you to the correct person. 
you know, whereas if you immediately go to someone thinking like, oh, it, it might be because of this, if it's not the right person, they're still going to try to treat you. You know what I mean? And a lot of people experience hair loss for more than one reason. So it might be like, oh, OK, you're having hair loss because like a genetics, like your family has hair loss. It's genetic. But also this huge stressor happened in your life. And also you're going through menopause. Like there's usually a lot of different factors. So it's like, OK, I can treat you for this. I can help with this. I can give you topicals, I can give you supplements, and then you need to go see, you know, a hormonal specialist for this part of it. What about for, like, I know that's for, for men specifically, like mm -hmm. they could have that genetic where their like hairline starts receding at a certain yeah. age. Is it possible to reverse that at all or no? Somewhat. The issue is after three years, let's say you've lost hair in a uh -huh. certain spot. Uh -huh. After three years of no hair being there, the follicle usually shrinks and dies. So really? the quicker you address it, the better. Yeah. Got it. So it's like this is a big thing that I think is missing in hair care right now is preventative measures, you know, starting to address it before it's even happening or right when you notice it happening, which a lot of the time is like teenage boys these days, teenage yeah. girls even. So it's like they're not thinking about that. They're not thinking about hair loss when they're 18. But, you know, this is when we need to be addressing it. So then should they just be using like rosemary oil or mm -hmm. is it like topicals? Like what can they be doing? Like if if someone is yeah. younger, like right, like it's someone who's like a teenager and maybe they don't have the means to come to a trichologist. Like what do you like? What are some things that they can do at home? Absolutely. Starting with rosemary oil, looking at lifestyle too, making sure they're eating high protein, lots of fruits and veggies, fiber, getting enough sleep and water and not, you know, not abusing alcohol, not smoking cigarettes, just doing everything you can do to keep that hair. If you can keep your hair, you know, that's the best way to go is preventative, of course. I completely agree. And I was having this conversation with my brother. Mm -hmm. So we have, unfortunately, the bald gene in our fam for men. And so one of my brothers, he's like been losing a little bit of hair. And he's yeah. like, oh, I don't care. I'll just like shave it because he's been shaving it since he was young. And like, it looks good on him. But I'm yeah. like, why would you want to do this when you have the option to like retain hair? And then yeah. you can do whatever you want, like shave your whole head off. But like, at least, you know, you can grow it if you want to. Exactly. You know? Like, especially with men. And they just don't think about it until yeah. all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, I and have no it's, option. It's too late. Yeah. And then it's how like, do I get this back? <laughs> exactly. And then it's like, let me get a hair transplant. And I'm like, that's yes. fine if that's what you want. But like, if there's things that we can do to kind just of, keep it. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, why? It's like five minutes. So just true. put the rosemary oil on your it's head. so true. Yeah. I see that a lot where I'm like, uh. I actually made my brother buy rosemary oil and Did a scalp you? massager. I like Amazing. literally put it in his Amazon card. I was like, you are getting this. This is oh like $15. Like there's no excuse. Yeah. In 10 years, he's going to be like, you saved my life. Yeah, truly. If he doesn't come back to me and say thank you and buy me something really nice. Like... Yeah. <laughs> okay. So speaking of hair loss, and this may be, I don't know if you have seen this or not, but I've heard a few friends say that when they went off of birth control, they lost a bunch of hair. Is that a real thing? It's a real thing. Again, comes back to the stress-related hair loss. So it's so funny because medications are a big one for hair loss, either getting off medications or getting on medications or the medication itself causes hair loss. So, Interesting. you know, it might be a medication like birth control where it, it maybe not necessarily causes hair loss, but it's just such a big difference in your body you know, you've been on it for 10 years and all of a sudden that's gone from your life. So typically three months after getting off birth control, yeah, you're going to lose some hair, but it will grow back. Is it also possible for like the strands to get weakened and like break? Because this was something that I heard, which I was like, what the hell? So like someone I know mm -hmm. she had like she showed me pictures of her hair it was like like 
gorgeous, like healthy hair. And she's mm-hmm. like, I went off of birth control and my hair literally started breaking. And I really? never heard of that. So I was just curious as to whether you'd seen something like that in the past. I have not seen that. I've, yeah. I've seen kind of the temple loss uh-huh. of the stress related hair loss. Yeah. I have not seen it breaking off yeah. from getting off of birth control. Have you ever seen yeah. people's like hair start to snap towards like the middle? Like, yeah. Why does that happen? Usually from elastics put being put in the same exact <gasps> spot. Okay. Or their hair is just really dry and brittle because they're usually like deficient in something like vitamin D or omega threes, stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so crazy. Yeah. Or heat, you know, using a straightener or curling in the same spot every day with mm-hmm. heat. Yeah. That's just, it's insane. There's so many things that you have to like pay attention to. Okay, so what are the best products to get more volume and thin hair? Do you have any recommendations? More volume? I, so I have really fine hair. I know it doesn't look like it because I I have a lot of it. Well, you've cracked the code. I have a lot of it, but it's fine. (laughs) Okay. So I really struggle with volume. I use the Not Your Mother's mousse, volumizing mousse. I'm obsessed with it. It's the only mousse I can use because it's like lightweight enough that it doesn't make my scalp oily, Mm -hmm. which I do have an oily scalp naturally. So I am someone who needs to shower more frequently, shampoo more frequently. Yeah. Also like a texturizing spray. So once if you're doing like curls or the Dyson Airwrap, holding those curls out and spraying a texturizing spray is great. It makes it look so much fuller than it actually is. Yeah, there's like, yeah. I mean, I, I live for texturizing sprays. Yeah. Like I feel like it just makes me like double the size quite literally. Yes, literally. <laughs> like, I just learned about them. It's the best. <laughs> it's like changed my entire yeah, life. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> okay, how often should people be using a detox shampoo? Like a clarifying shampoo. Mm-hmm. It's going to depend on your scalp and hair type. So mm-hmm. if you have a dry scalp, dry hair, I would say maybe once a month or once every three weeks. Mm-hmm. If you have oily hair like me, I'll use it every other week, if not sometimes every week, if I'm putting, you know, a lot of product and a lot of mousse on my scalp. Is what it does, I'm guessing, is like just make sure that there's no product kind of like sticking around. Exactly. It gets rid of product buildup. It's just like a really deep cleanse. Do you have a favorite clarifying shampoo? I do. Personally, the Odell clarifying shampoo, I just... I love it. My hair loves it. It's budget friendly. I love the company. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to look into it. Yeah. Is it possible to reverse grays? Maybe in the future there will be technology that figures that out. We haven't figured that out yet. Mm -hmm. I don't know too much about grays. Honestly, that's not really something I specialize in Mm -hmm. just because I'm more of like preventative and restorative not necessarily like aesthetic. Have you heard of microneedling for the scalp? Those like little things that you like run over and it like punctures your scalp a little bit. Have you seen that? Yeah. Does it work? Yes. I will say there's a difference between microneedling like the derma roller and the derma stamp. What's the so stamp? The stamp, it's the same thing, but you're uh-huh. just stamping instead of rolling. Okay, and so it. if you have long hair, you're going to want to do the stamp because rolling, you're actually damaging your hair. Interesting. So the okay. rolling is more for like men, let's uh-huh. say, who don't, who are trying to regrow their beard and don't have anything there or like, you know, really short hair that it's not like damaging your hair the way it is a woman's or a longer hair. Got it. So and like this, it works like uh, if you are. Yeah, doing- it's supposed to. It, it helps, you know, topicals penetrate deeper in there. Got it. And how often should you be doing that if you choose to do it? Twice a week. Same as when you're doing your rosemary. Yeah. It's like a whole routine around it. It's a whole routine. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay. I guess like we've kind of already talked about this because I'm going to guess that it has to do with stress related also. But 
lot of questions about remedies for postpartum hair loss. Is yeah. there things that we can people can do right away, or is it again like just the rosemary oil and like all yeah, the, kind of the rosemary oil? Although I will say rosemary oil is not proven to be a f- safe when you're breastfeeding. So okay, you know that's one you kind of have to look out for. It's honestly just like keeping your stress level down, realizing it is going to grow back. It's not permanent. You know, you can expect it three to four months after giving birth and then six months, well, three months after that. So six months total, you Mm -hmm. can expect it to start coming back. Are there any other oils outside of rosemary oil that you really love? I mean, there's a couple. There's like lavender essential oil, peppermint essential oil that do have some science behind them. I have tried them personally. I feel like they're really good maintenance oils, but they haven't had that that pop effect that rosemary did for me. So what about coconut oil then? Because I feel like rosemary oil, it's interesting because I had never heard of it up until like maybe two years ago when it really started to pop off. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, I feel like coconut oil or castor oil, I feel like people have been talking about for an eternity, you know? Right. So coconut oil and castor oil are actually carrier oils. Got it. Okay. So they're, you know, what I would put the rosemary into. I, you know, I use castor oil on my eyebrows and my eyelashes, and I feel like it works whether that's just because it's coating it and keeping damage or not. There's not a ton of science on it. So, you know, it's kind of just comes down to personal opinion on those ones because there's not science out on it. Cool. So I'm going to ask you again before we wrap with carrier oils, it's like four to five drops of rosemary oil to one drop of carrier oil? To one teaspoon of carrier oil. One teaspoon. Yeah. So it should be predominantly the carrier oil with a couple drops of essential oil. And then you just like mix it in your hand and like just kind of put it on. And I mix it in my like in my fingertips and then just kind of run my fingertips through, do some like massaging. Yeah. Okay, that's, I mean, I feel like everyone's going to be racing to buy rosemary oil (laughs) and like a carrier oil after this. This has been awesome. Tell everyone they can find you. You can find me at The Healthy Her on Instagram or TikTok. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people. Learn and unlearn and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.